Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beneath Vancouver Radio. This is episode number 55. Hopefully, you're having a wonderful day, night, evening, whenever you're listening to and wherever you're listening to. I know the podcast says getting a lot of listeners outside of Vancouver and outside of Canada. So big shout out to anyone who's outside of outside of those regions. So welcome. Uh, and today's special guest that I have for episode 55 is Alina. Alina, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well, enjoying my Friday. Uh, can't complain. No complaints <laughs> at all so far. But um, I'm going to just kind of jump right into it. I know for a couple of the other episodes, there was a lot of ramble at the beginning and stuff like that. So I'm going to be concise. I'm going to be short and sweet. And I'm just going to kind of let you explain as well who it is you are and what you do. So I'm going to hit you with the first question. Who are you today? That's a good question. But first, thank you for having me. Um, this is very exciting. And I can't wait to be a part of your podcast. Thank you um, for coming. Who am I today? So that's a great question. Um, I like to think of myself kind of like a multidisciplinary designer because at heart, really, because I feel that I'm kind of like a mix of different things in terms mm -hmm. of designer. Um, and sometimes I also kind of just change like my label strategically depending on who I'm talking to and <laughs> things like that. Um, and I also like to experiment with design stuff. So but currently, I am a brand and web designer for a little tiny but mighty creative studio um, that I own called Alley Creative Co. Um, specifically, I work with service-based entrepreneurs um, on their individual branding and website design. Okay. And primarily, I like to focus on really just giving them a chance to embrace their individuality rather than going for you know templates on Canva or like Squarespace templates. I really oh. like to hone in on their purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rather than like DIYing it, you know, you want to look more confident as an entrepreneur. So for sure, that's what I do. I like it. And then I like how you mentioned as well, multidisciplinary, which I can totally relate um, to that in particular. I'm not a web designer or a designer in, at all, and personally, but um, I came from a kinesiology background and that's what I studied in school. And now I mm -hmm. have my own podcast. I'm, I'm talking with people. I do marketing. Mm -hmm. I'm, that's my full-time gig. Um, so I, I like to consider myself somewhat multi multidisciplinary mm -hmm. as well. Um, so I can definitely relate to that. So that actually brings me to the next question that I have here is kind of like your background and your origin story when it comes to getting involved in this space, because I know for a lot of people, the way that they get involved in this particular space, especially quote unquote, as a, as an entrepreneur or freelancer, however you want to call it is mostly through um, like boot camps or like mm -hmm. courses. And I've heard some people as well, like from uh, SFU, like the SIA program is pretty good over there. Uh, but mm -hmm. I come from UBC and, and for a lot of the individuals and friends that I'm aware of, they study like cognitive science and cogs and other stuff mm -hmm. like that. So why don't you share a little bit about your story and kind of how you landed to, to where you are right now? Yeah, so I am. I have a BCIT background, so I graduated from the Design and Development or BCIT, yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Digital Design and Development program. So it's a two-year program, and I feel that you know, if you want to get into kind of the entrepreneurial design route, like that is definitely the program to go to because um, not only is it very hands-on and it's not super theory-based, there is mm -hmm. some theory in terms of marketing yourself or marketing an app or a product. Um, and also on top of that, obviously the necessary technical skills like in design and also in development as well. So it really gives you a good grasp of everything. And that's kind of what attracted me to the program is because growing up, I've always been a creative person. Um, you know, I self-taught myself how to use Photoshop when I was like 12. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you know Pixo, but it was like kind of like a very yeah. easy like, website designer thing. So I used to do that back in elementary school. Okay. And kinda, 
learned into it all on my own. So that's basically my background, and that's what attracted me to the program. Mm-hmm. Um, and then following that, I ended up um, getting a full-time digital designer position at a marketing agency down in Vancouver. So I was doing that straight off of BCIT. And I don't know if you're familiar with BCIT, but it has like 10 courses each yeah, semester. Yeah, it's extensive, really, very yeah, intense. <laughs> really intense. Um, so, but I, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. And because of that, I was able to really kind of decide which path I want to go to because I had so many different experiences with design development and marketing as well. Um, right. And even with my marketing agency role, I really was the main designer and developer. So I was doing graphic design things, video editing sometimes as well, and animation, and of course, websites. So I really got a good grasp of literally everything. So that's mm-hmm. why I kind of said in the beginning, I was a little bit of a multidisciplinary at heart. But no, yeah. that's, that's a great answer. And yeah, I think as well, the ability to, at least from the BCIT side of things, I know for sure that it's a lot more kind of hands-on and, and intensive as well, as you mentioned, 10 courses. And I'm happy to hear that you're able to land something right away. Mm-hmm. What what would you kind of recommend? I know we're potentially jumping the gun a little bit, um, but what would you recommend to someone like as yourself who um, growing up has been surrounded by like this creative work and stuff like that? So whether it be websites or like photography mm-hmm. or something along those lines, what would you say? Would you think that like still going... The, again, I use this very loosely traditional quote unquote route of going to school, getting a degree or mm-hmm. or something like, for example, taking courses at a at a um, different institution, such as like a brain station or mm-hmm. I don't even know what other institutions are available. Because that, that always seems to be kind of that awkward, or not awkward, but like kind of fork in the road where people are very interested in a certain skill set. Let's again, I'm going to use UI, UX as in web design mm-hmm. as that just because I feel like that's starting to become more and more popular. Mm-hmm. Um and people kind of say, like, do I go to school? I really want to do this. And I know that that's kind of like my my end goal, my ultimate career path. Or do I just kind of take the leap of faith and try to continue learning on the side and kind of try to get clients to build my portfolio? What mm-hmm. would you recommend to someone who's maybe a couple of years younger than you, who's about to maybe just make that decision in life? Yeah, so that's a great question. Personally, I nowadays, especially in 2021, I don't think it's necessary um, Mm -hmm. to really have this big educational background. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are kind of like me when I was first starting out, who was kind of unsure of what I wanted to do specifically in terms of, you know, something creative or in marketing or things like that. Right. um, I don't think it's necessary to really go and have a formal educational background. I know a lot of people who I went to BCIT with, they had these diplomas, these fancy diplomas from UBCs that they ended up not really using because they learned something else, <laughs> something else later on, <laughs> right? Exactly, like you with your kinesiology degree. Um, but yeah, so honestly, I would say, like, personally, I would take the gap year for high sc- after high school and kind of just decide what I want, especially, I don't know about you, but in, in an Asian background like myself, you kind of get that pressure from your parents, maybe, perhaps, or you know, yeah. everybody else around you to like, oh, you have to get into a fancy university. But personally, I don't think that's the case. I think it might be better off, especially now, um, maybe take some tiny courses online or not even courses, but there's so much resource online that's free. So if you want to, you know, uh, learn from YouTube even or try something mm-hmm. small like that first to start with, rather than committing in like a four year program, personally, I think that would be more worth it in the end, really just to try things out. Yeah. No, for sure. I can relate 100%. I agree 100% as well. I think for me personally, it wasn't so much the pressure, at least it wasn't directly like from my parents, but it was from my older brother, 
um, four years mm-hmm. older. He went mm-hmm. to UBC as well. He studied chemistry. So um, he's very, very book smart. Um, shout out to him. Uh, I don't actually know if he listens to my podcast or not, actually. <laughs> but uh, if you are, that's your shout out. Um, but yeah, so the, for me, like the pressure was to kind of um, again, deliver to that standard, I guess, that he had yeah. set. Um, and so I, I actually, funny enough, went to UBC for political science my first two years. Mm-hmm. And at first, I wanted to become um, either a lawyer or work in the government in, in some capacity. And it wasn't until like my first two years where I realized, you know what, this is definitely <laughs> not what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and uh, at the time, I was like, kind of in an identity crisis. And I was like, mm-hmm. not too sure what I wanted to do. And I told my parents, like, hey, there's this degree like it's called kinesiology and I remember the first reaction was like what's that like they don't know right their 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 background and their generation is more like you know you either become like a scientist a doctor a lawyer Mm -hmm. or you know something along those lines it's you know Mm -hmm. cozy comfy paying jobs right and so when I told them like I'm taking this degree that you've probably never heard of it definitely Mm -hmm. was a little bit of a convincing to be done to get them to to kind of jump jump on board with me but Mm -hmm. um, I mean here we are like three years later um, not even using the degree and and they've come to understand now kind of how the world is and I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if you've heard about this but like kind of the economy that we're going into is more of like a a gig economy or like a contractor economy so um, a lot of people like freelancers, entrepreneurs are, are making, you know, good money and sustaining themselves um, mm-hmm. and or family through, you know, their own clients or their own kind of line of work. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely interesting times that we live in, especially with everything going to going digital and stuff like that. Everyone mm-hmm. needs a website. Everyone needs a social presence yeah. if you're trying to sell products, et cetera, services online. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the possibilities are endless, I guess, is what we're trying to say, everyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially with the pandemic. I feel like there has so many businesses that have popped up um, yeah. during the pandemic, myself included. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree with you that I think formal education isn't really the way to go. Um, whereas before it was the one and only way, but now there's so many different routes mm-hmm. that you can take. Some people are self-taught, you know, and things like that. There's so many resources now, so for sure. And let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about kind of the creation of, uh, you know, Ali Creative Co. during the mm-hmm. pandemic. What was that? What What was your experience? I mean, we're still living in it, in it so far, you know, mm-hmm. a year, a year and a half, almost now later from the beginning of it. But, um, you know, obviously, a lot has changed within that timeline. Uh, what was what was kind of your, your output so far in the last, you know, year and a half, especially when it comes to creating your starting your own business? Yeah, so um, it was kind of by accident until I started. <laughs> okay. Um, I had, if you had told me in early 2020 that I was going to start my own design studio, I would have laughed in your face because I always thought of myself kind of as an employer rather than an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Though I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit, I just never really knew much about entrepreneurship. Um, mm-hmm. So then, obviously, after looking online in the pandemic, you have so much time to yourself. Um, I was traveling and thankfully before the pandemic hit, so I was able to travel, do my traveling. Mm -hmm. And then I come back and then I was supposed to look for jobs and things like that for my next full-time role, but everybody was getting laid off at the time. So it wasn't really, you know, apart from me for that. Um, So obviously I was kind of bored and I started my own Instagram account for my design work, just kind of something to do like a little hobby while I'm kind of in a limbo of things. Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah. And then when I was on Instagram, I just follow, followed a couple of design accounts and things like that. And then I really got inspired by a lot of these entrepreneur um, design ladies specifically. Um, 
So I wanted to do that. I was like, hey, like I can design websites. I've designed websites before. I can do graphic design. I can do branding design. Why not just try it out? Right. Um, and I also had a couple of friends who was ask, actually asking me for some freelance design help. So that kind of started the whole taking in clients things for myself rather mm. than for an agency. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully, with my agency background, it was such a small company that I learned a lot in terms of the business side of things, in terms of pricing, um, getting clients and things like that. So it really helped me, in my opinion, kind of get a head start on my little creative studio. So yeah, that's kind of how it started. (laughs) Nice. And kind of, I guess, the follow-up question to that is um, in terms of, and you brought it up as well, like the projects and the project rates and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. For, For someone like yourself, who's, you know, venturing into this kind of new, new, um, I was going to say venturing into a new venture, but I don't want to repeat myself. And now, now that I say it, it sounds weird. Venturing into this new unknown, um, new territory. Yeah. What was kind of like the mindset and you mentioned it a little bit and touched upon it, like switching your mindset from employee to entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. What was kind of the, in in what particular moment or moments led to that shift in itself? Because I know for a lot of people, especially right now who are listening, um, like the demographic is younger around 18, young adults to, you know, mid twenties and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. That's like the peak audience of this podcast and arguably the people who I would say right now are in very interesting points in their life. They're either Mm -hmm. just wrapping up high school about to enter university post-secondary if they decide to do that or are in post-secondary about to graduate or have just graduated and entered the probably the workforce or or stuff like that. So again, very three unique, but very interesting points in people's lives. What was kind of the shift for you to kind of say to yourself, you know what, I have these skill sets, I know, I know what I'm doing for for Mm -hmm. lack of a better word, you know, I I have the talent, I know I do. Um, What kind of pushed you to actually create the business? I said, I know you said a little bit by mistake and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. was there kind of like a, what moment was the mindset shift there? Yeah, so mindset is a whole different ballgame when it comes to (laughs) entrepreneurship. Um, And it's still something that I'm working on, to be honest. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. that it's not something that you just learn and kind of get right away. It's definitely a process. Right. Um, But what made the switch was honestly, it was kind of just like, I'm sick of kind of being treated like a freelancer. Mm Because freelancer and owning your own studio is very different things. And I also took part in the community where I you know, listen to a couple of virtual summits and things like that. And it really got me inspired. And that really helped change my way of thinking in mm-hmm. terms of my mindset and also self-worth. Self-worth is a whole different ballgame in terms of on a designer's point of view anyways, because a lot of, you know, I don't want to ramble about it, but a lot of designers when starting out, they often, <laughs> you know, um, not really know their self-worth and they often charge at lower prices than how much it actually would be. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those wages aren't livable wages, you know, so that like those things like that, I kind of like built up and I was like, okay, like I need to actually start taking myself seriously. I need to know my self-worth. And a lot of that is really just mindset that's mm-hmm. blocking you and mindset. Um, that's also will help you in the long run anyways. Um, so just figuring, figuring the problem um, in terms of your mindset and then like what you envision later on really helps in my opinion. Yeah, no, for sure. And any kind of like, I guess, whether it be role models or resources within mm-hmm. that space that kind of help you to understand those certain things. I know in your case, for example, you had a lot of exposure on the business side of things through your agency job and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, you you kind of had, you know, the the one up, so to speak. But for others that might be, you know, just still in within their little bubble or wanting to kind of take that extra step, any resources or any recommendations that you'd be like, you know, if you're wanting to understand more about project rates or wanting to understand mm-hmm. how to actually, you know, get clients consistently. Mm-hmm 
recently, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, anything that's helped you with along in your journey so far? Yeah. So a really good one. I'm sure you've probably heard of a lot of people have heard of him, but Chris Doe. Chris from Doe. The Future, yes. I was hoping yeah, you were going to say that. <laughs> yes. Especially his, um, you know, little uh, lecture on pricing yourself. The that Nike was, logo one. Yes. That yes. one. Exactly. Yeah. That one was just okay. amazing. So that's definitely, that's the first thing that I always recommend. That's to the people. vibe check for the podcast. If you know, Chris Doe. <laughs> yes. Shout out Chris Doe. Um, yes. Um, just like really, like, like I said earlier, there's a lot of resources out there. Go to virtual summits. They're free. There's a lot of um, really resourceful information in there that mm-hmm. um, is literally super valuable for years to come. Um, and on top of that, of virtual summits, you meet all of these people and you kind of stalk them a little bit by going through their blogs and things, but blog or reading their blogs is very valuable as well because you learn so much from them. And all right. of the, these things that I'm mentioning, all for free as well. You don't have to pay for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not in a position right now. I've still been looking for um, investments in terms of personal development, um, whether that's like coaching or um, you know, group coaching sessions and things mm-hmm. like that. I'm kind of still in the middle of figuring which one I should invest my money in. But yeah, if you course. have the means to kind of try that out, I definitely recommend that as well. Um, and even just mentoring, I had a mentor um, earlier. Um, so mentoring is also another uh, big recommendation that I would do. Yeah, no, for sure. Speaking to people that have been through, you know, the path already, right, and have gone mm-hmm. through it in, in their shoes, right. And I think as well from that, it's a lot easier, at least for me, I don't know about you to speak to someone, whether it be like in a zoom call or a coffee chat and stuff like that, and actually be able to pick, you know, their brain, instead mm-hmm. of potentially maybe just hearing the same, you know, again, quote, unquote, lecture, mm-hmm. now, for some time for some certain content, maybe it's good, but to actually get, you know, um, good anecdotal kind of references or evidence of like saying like, you know, this is kind of my experience, I, I would actually recommend you do that or try that out. Mm-hmm. So mentorship is a, is a huge component. And as well, just being able to network is so yeah. crucial. And I obviously right now, it's a little bit harder um, due to the pandemic. And you know, not a lot of events going on, if any. So mm-hmm. um, one little resource, and I'm sure I've mentioned it a couple times in the podcast, but for anyone who's interested in networking, I recommend you check out Lunch Club. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, Lunch Club, great free resource. Um, you sign up for a time, the algorithm does its work, and it tags you with someone that has, uh, or pairs you, I should say, with mm-hmm. someone who has similar interests and stuff like that. So if you're wanting to expand your network in a relatively, obviously, safe manner, at least right now during the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, lunch club for sure for anyone out there i'm sure you can find some some good gems in terms of people to chat with so no that's good and i guess like for you personally what's been kind of the biggest i know you probably get this question a lot or, or a lot of people sometimes ask you this but I, I, it's a staple when it comes to obviously this podcast is like what's been the biggest obstacle so far for you personally from a, like either a business standpoint or a personal standpoint when it comes to kind of shifting again your mindset and kind of shifting your your goals right and kind of who you are as a person that's a good question. I think for me right now, anyways, accountability, um, mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur, especially on your own, you're just on your own. You don't really have anybody to bounce ideas with and things like that. I'm sure you can have like a coach that can kind of help with that accountability. Um, but I think that is my biggest obstacle right now. And I also am the type of person who have a lot of ideas and I kind of want to <laughs> implement them and things like that. But I think I just really need structure in terms of prioritizing things. Like I'm right. pretty good at it already, I think anyways, but I think I definitely could use some improvement in that and really figuring things out like which one I really should hone in on for the time being before I kind of move on to like the mo- other exciting thing, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Are you a uh, like physical writing down or like more of a digital person when it comes to like your notes and, you know, to do lists yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah, both. Um, I use Asana for all of my project mm -hmm. management. Um, and I recently dived into Notion. I know that's kind of yes. a big, you know, thing right now, um, yeah. which I'm really liking Notion. But I think when it comes to like my day to day to do lists and things, I definitely like to write it down on a planner. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I just like to write things down when it comes to the day to day stuff. But in overall high level structure of things, I definitely like to use digital. Yeah, no, for sure. There's definitely a lot of different softwares out there. Asana is a great one. Notion's a great one. Mm -hmm. Trello. Mm -hmm. uh base camp i guess kind of depending yeah. on kind of what your needs are and stuff like that so there's uh, airtable monday.com mm -hmm. there's a bunch really so there's... Many. analysis paralysis am I right? ex ex exactly <laughs> exactly now i'm probably gonna get targeted for a bunch of ads now and, and on youtube and on my instagram I'll but... with you on tiktok especially yeah, exactly <laughs> oh, let's let's actually jump into that tiktok have you used that platform in terms of like any uh like sharing mm -hmm. as i've seen I get a full transparency. I kind of gave it a shot. I, I don't, I'm more consumer than a creator, at least on TikTok. Mm -hmm. um, I gave it a shot last early summer around okay. May, June, July um, uh, for kind of hopping on like the trends and using yeah. the music that was popular, but more of giving advice and kind of be uh, for like creatives and content creators and podcasts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um so for creatives in general it was fun but then i just kind of gave up just because to be honest there wasn't a, a huge traction and um, oh, really? i okay. ran out of ideas um yeah. and i uh, it, it just wasn't something that i enjoyed i like i prefer more long form for whatever right. reason at least in the creative side of things right um like youtube videos which obviously is still another dead thing on my end i need to pick that up but um, mm -hmm. I mean, this podcast is, um, we were consistent on this, right? So yeah. uh, one out of three, we'll take that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm curious to hear. Come, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm curious to see, to see if you have any experience with that in terms of uh, setting your brand and who you are mm -hmm. on, on TikTok. Yeah, so not on TikTok. Um, that's definitely on, that has been on my list to like right. start a TikTok like each month um, because <laughs> I do know like how valuable TikTok is nowadays. Like, mm -hmm. like I don't know if you've heard of it, but Instagram's going to be dead soon. So everybody. Oh yeah, I mean it's already. I don't. I... Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a different story. And with their reels and stuff too, like you have to have reels in order to push your Instagram growth yeah, more. Yeah, your algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. So not yet. But that's been on my list. Um, <laughs> I, I do like what you said earlier, though, about being more of a consumer rather than a creator, because even with my Instagram, like, I know how much um, benefits Instagram would have in terms of marketing your own studio and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just draining to me personally. Um, yeah. I, I understand the importance of it. So I do it. But it's not something that I particularly enjoy. Like, I don't really want to be an influencer or things yeah. like that. Which unfortunately, a lot of um, other design studios are kind of being becoming influencers to be honest um mm -hmm. i'm more of a private person so <laughs> um but either way i still love it i've met a lot of people online through instagram um i love being a consumer on tiktok like i it's takes me two hours before i go to sleep every night now yeah, um, yeah. but that's me too next thing you know, i don't know about you but sometimes and i don't know what the minimum threshold is but i sometimes get the dude from like the tiktok ad that's like whoa 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 you yeah okay yeah <laughs> guilty yeah i'm guilty too i'm not too sure exactly how long that is to be honest it's yeah. got to be at least an hour for sure though so i kind of feel bad sometimes and then i'm like oh shoot it's already one i guess it's time to go to bed but um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's such an interesting platform. Like, um, I, I'm gonna dive a little bit more. Is that okay with you? I'm gonna dive yeah, a little yeah, bit more into. It. Yeah. Can you hear that? 
Oh, I heard that. Hey. <laughs> Pardon everyone. There's a very loud, extremely loud plane right outside my house. Um, wow, that's a podcast first. I'll try to edit that out. If not, I'll keep it in there. But I was just gonna say perfect clip for TikTok. Eh? Yeah, exactly. Right there. That that might be it. I'll have to take yeah. a timestamp too. Okay, it's still 2:30. Um, no, but what I was saying, oh shoot, I think I think I lost my train of thought. Um shoot. No, right. What I was gonna say is that um I first heard of TikTok actually in um late 2019, around November. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm a big Gary V guy. I don't know how oh, you yes. feel about him. Uh, yeah. some people have mixed opinions, but he's actually the, one of the reasons that I'm actually here right now, sitting, oh, sitting cool. in this chair, having this conversation with you, um, mm -hmm. because of the book that I read crushing it. But anyways, that's a different story. This is not Aaron's uh, episode. Um, uh, I'm Gary not the guest. fangirling session. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, funny enough. I'm actually, if the conference goes through, I'm going to see him in October for a conference. Oh, cool. so, fingers crossed. But mm -hmm. anywho, I digress. Um, so I saw it first in November and at first I was like, so this is just another vine, right? So I didn't really see much of the, the, the value to it but then it wasn't until Gary Vee was just like you should get on TikTok it's gonna blow up yada 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 and um my first <clears throat> excuse me my first video that I made with a buddy of mine was uh in February of 2020 right before COVID hit and it like it didn't go viral but any by any means but I think it peaked at like 70,000 views uh -huh. and it was just a stupid trend of like mm -hmm. um running around the house of like I, I'm not sure how early you you were on TikTok but essentially the trend was like you get greeted by a, a waiter waiter or waitress and they'd like run around the entire restaurant and then finally land at your seat after going through like the kitchen mm -hmm. the back valley and stuff like that and probably have no idea what I'm talking about if you've never watched the video but no. <laughs> anyway so it blew up or relatively blew up or got a lot of views and then that's when I tried to shift into the creative side of things mm -hmm. and actually create content that's more like educational because that's what I like to consume as well yeah. like educational content like stuff mm -hmm. that will help me become a better you know creator a better person overall etc Mm -hmm. But um, I guess it was because I deleted the video that my algorithm got entirely screwed up. And I was like only mm -hmm. averaging 100 views per video. So shadow kinda, banned. Yeah, I got shadow banned. So yeah. that's what I think so too. So I got a little demoralized. And um, but I'm, I'm curious to hear from your perspective, uh, kind of shifting the, 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 the side now to you. How do you see kind of like TikTok taking over? I know you kind of said obviously Instagram and I see it too. I, it's, mm -hmm. It either needs to adjust accordingly and adjust like, months ago it's already behind in my opinion mm -hmm. but oh, yeah. i think it's going to face a similar fate as snapchat did when instagram got stories mm -hmm. out and stuff like that so mm -hmm. i'm curious as to how you feel about like the whole tiktok space the future of it and the platform overall i think honestly tiktok is the way to go because i feel like especially now after we've been kind of in the digital era for a little bit now right um quick videos everybody kind of has less attention spans. Mm -hmm. um and i think you know like I, like we both mentioned earlier you can get stuck in tiktok for hours because yeah. it's quick content mm -hmm. um so i really think that is kind of the direction where social media is headed um you know not only did instagram copy them i've also noticed i don't know if you have but netflix also has like their own like kind of quick video so netflix is like reels now yeah it yeah reels but it's not really made by content creators per se it's more like short clips from tv from, shows and from movies. the shows i know i yeah. haven't noticed that I mean, every, yeah. everyone's, yeah, now that you mentioned YouTube it, it's as well, like right? so. YouTube has, everyone's got them now, like the shorts mm -hmm. on YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. 
No, that's true. Everyone's, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I guess it's saying that we are as human being as a society cannot focus. Yeah. And I kind of don't like that. Like all these platforms, like for example, YouTube, I go to YouTube specifically for long form content. I don't Mm -hmm. really want to see the shorts on there because I have TikTok for that, you know? So I don't really like that fact how everybody is kind of leaning into this like one, you know, short form content type of thing. Yeah. And it's, it's funny as well. Like at least again, from a, from a more of a consumer perspective, at least on TikTok and also YouTube as well. Like it's almost like two different errands. Like the TikTok errand is always the, I have time to, well, I mean, obviously technically on both ends, if I'm consuming media, I'm burning time, but um, (laughs) on a more of a TikTok side, it's like almost like it's, it'll be quick. Like mentally, that's what I'm thinking. I'm only here for a couple of minutes. I'm either, you know, waiting for the bus or whatever, or I'm about to go to bed, right? Uh, Supposedly at least. And (laughs) next thing you know, it's like an hour, hour and a half later. And I'm like, shoot, you know, I got to get off this app. As for YouTube, like I'm going into a YouTube video i know it's exactly going to be you know x amount of minutes long um i'm going to watch this video and then i'm done whether it be like my lunch break or i'm going to go back to work or mm-hmm. i'm going to watch another another video because i know before tiktok at least the way that i would kind of fall into the spiral would be like just clicking the recommended videos on youtube and then mm-hmm. just kind of go down that rabbit hole yeah. but now the rabbit hole is tiktok so i feel like yeah. that's switched at least from my perspective now it's mm-hmm. just scroll swipe 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 yeah, it's easier absolutely. um it's probably more convenient too because it's in, on your phone as opposed to you know youtube mm-hmm. you can watch on your phone obviously as well but um mm-hmm. i prefer you know especially if it's longer form content to watch it on an ipad or, or a computer yeah. itself so it's funny now that you kind of break it down and i'm sure there's studies and scientists and oh, yeah. all sort of stuff like that showing how mm-hmm. how bad really our attention is now so yeah, the only thing I will say about TikTok, though, I know I was like saying earlier that, yeah, definitely like TikTok's kind mm-hmm. of where it's headed. The only con that I would say that I could think of right now, anyways, is the fact that you can't, you don't really have control over who sees your content. Right. Um, you can have people who aren't really your target audience commenting and engaging with your content, but that could kind yeah. of ruin your content in some way. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely no. probably some trolls there for sure. I mean, almost every platform, but I feel like now more than ever, TikTok's the, uh, yeah. if, like <laughs> if you go viral and it's like, you know, you're on people's mm-hmm. for you page and stuff like that, you know, the algorithm might pick it up and then you might just be like, you know, what's this, right? So yeah, exactly. yeah there's definitely obviously pros and cons with, with every list, but mm-hmm. that's um, Aaron and uh, Alina's uh, TikTok hey. review. Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, that'd be awesome. Um, anyways. <laughs> I'm going to shift the conversation uh, aside from social media and kind of now go into what I think almost every, again, entrepreneur creative goes through at some point in their life, uh, probably multiple times. I know definitely I have, and this is what I like to call the creative blocks or the creative slumps. Um, Obviously everyone's different. Everyone kind of passes those slumps differently. How do you kind of approach those slumps or have you even, do you even notice mm-hmm. that you're in those slumps? Cause I know for me personally, sometimes I'll like feel a little bit down and then I'm like, so why can't I, you know, write this blog or why can't mm-hmm. I edit this podcast? Um, am mm-hmm. I in a creative slump? Right. So yeah. um, I'm curious about your experience and kind of how you go around um, navigating those, those certain timeframes. Yeah, absolutely. Creative blocks are the worst, in my opinion, especially when you're in a creative field yeah. where you have to be a professional, and that's kind of what you do for a living. Yeah, so that's your job. Any, <laughs> any blocks is kind of ruining your timelines and everything else that goes with that. But with that said, um, with creative blocks personally, um, what I like to do is really just rest, unwind, get offline, um, mm-hmm. 
stop working on the projects that I'm working on right now because no matter how many times I look at it, it's not going to be helpful. It's just going to be wasted time in my opinion. Um, So I like to go on walks. I like to walk my dog sometimes, um, really just get some fresh air. And I feel like having a change of scenery and working environment helps for me too. Um, You know, sometimes I pick up my laptop and thankfully now that um, indoor dining is available again, I can go to coffee shops and work there. Um, So yeah, just kind of a change in scenery, in my opinion, helps um, a lot. Yeah, environment 110%. That's been my biggest struggle personally, Mm -hmm. Um, especially now that uh, prior to, you know, was it April and almost, yeah, April and pretty much all of May. Yeah, we we had the, yeah, at least here in BC, we had uh, indoor dining kind of restrictions. So Mm -hmm. I had to kind of navigate in other spaces and other co-working spaces and kind of see what was available because yeah working from home remotely for over a year now has definitely taken a toll on mm-hmm. my mental health for sure it's oh, getting cool. a lot better now um and stuff like that and i'm starting to kind of understand you know also how i operate and being able mm-hmm. to differentiate the play from the work um because before i wasn't able to do that right the desks yeah. that you're okay. seeing right now and that all the viewers mm-hmm. you're watching on youtube um are seeing which if you aren't you should um mm-hmm. would be would be in this chair for like 14 hours of my of my 16 mm-hmm. that i'm awake right so mm-hmm. um it's definitely been a rather unique experience one that hopefully never have to experience ever again (laughs) i'm sure everyone can relate to that and wishes for that as well but um yeah yeah, just being able to understand that i think is super important and um Mm -hmm. for for when you're walking and just kind of relaxing are you kind of like a disconnect entirely like not no music at all or just kind of um Depends. Um, sometimes I like to put on a podcast and um, just right. kind of get my brain kind of going again um, in that realm. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I just, you know, just some Hamilton soundtrack or something yeah. like that. Just <laughs> something completely like off the rails. Um, sometimes quiet is good too. It really just depends um, on how I'm feeling at the time. But sometimes oh, I do like to kind of step away completely. So then you can come back with a clearer mind because I feel that if you already, your mind is already rumbling a little bit, it's really not useful and it's better to have a break first. Yeah, I know for sure. It's like you mentioned at the beginning where you're an individual that has like a bajillion ideas and your mind's mm-hmm. going, you know, go, 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 go. Yeah, I, I can relate mm-hmm. to. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. the, the fact that it's almost like you want to slow it down but at the same time like if you feel like you're slowing down then you feel like you're limiting your creativity almost in some sense so Mm -hmm. it's like a double-edged sword really so um it's it's, yeah everyone has their own kind of ways of of uh of dealing with that so that's that's good that you've got your own little structure and your your own little schedules and walks and going out with your dog it's always a nice way to de-stress so we're nearing unfortunately the end of our episode i still have two well two more questions um before we kind of head out here first question is what would you kind of then recommend to i no well I'm going to rephrase this. What would you kind of say to someone if they come up to you, message you on Instagram or, uh, or whatever, or reaches out after this podcast, which hopefully people do, um, mm-hmm. and say like, I'm interested in website um, building, website design, but I have absolutely zero design background. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend for someone like that? So I know there's different options out there, mm-hmm. um, but um, I'm curious to see if maybe that experience has happened in the past, and if so, kind of how you how you responded to that. 
Yeah, so I, I do have kind of a, a lot of people around me reach out um, and just, especially because I was enrolled in the BCIT D3 program. Right. Um, a lot of kind of newbies come in and ask, oh, how was the program like? Like, if, even if like, I don't have a design background. Um, personally, <laughs> for me, I would just try it. Um, it doesn't hurt to try. Um, mm -hmm. I, before, um, I actually don't know how to draw. Like, I don't know how to draw. <laughs> But I didn't let that get in the way of me becoming a designer because I think knowing how to draw is a component to it, but it's right. not a deal breaker. Um, so honestly, I would just try it, go for it. Um, in terms of website design, if you don't have the design eye for it, like you can still be a developer if you want to. You don't necessarily need to have the design eye for it. That's what designers are for. Um, but yeah, it doesn't hurt to try. Um, you might have this design eye that you don't even know about until you try mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I yeah, know. You got to give it a shot. You don't know until you do it. Um, I didn't know that I, you know, would be doing a podcast until I gave it a exactly. shot. So yeah. um, that's a very, yeah, it's, it's, it's always as well, super critical sometimes. And you are, you are, you're yourself. You are your own, own. Oh my gosh. You know what I'm trying to say? You are your own big, yourself's biggest, oh, your biggest enemy or, yeah, or, like or yeah. critic or something like that. I'm yeah. completely, completely butchering that. Um, my apologies, <laughs> everyone. But um, yeah, what I'm trying to say is that like, you're always going to think that the work that you're putting out is not perfect and that you're always, you know, you can always make it better. And you're, mm -hmm. you're think, going back to the drawing board, like, no, this is not good. This is not good. So yeah. um, it's a matter of just putting it out there. And also, as well, as you mentioned, asking people who might be in that space for advice or questions, mm -hmm. mentorship, and um, taking obviously that criticism, um, not personally, but as a way to like, yeah. this is going to push me <laughs> to become a better version of myself, whether again, it's a designer, mm -hmm. developer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's super important. Final question here, nearing the end of the episode again, um, as you are well aware and as everyone else is aware of what the question is that's coming up, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self and why? Yeah, that's a great question. And I actually love that question because you mentioned oh, earlier you. now that um, <laughs> your target audience is really like a little bit more of a, um, you're just starting on the careers. Yeah. Um, so I think for me personally, we kind of touched up upon it a little bit, but one is just to be kinder to myself and to just knowing my self-worth. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a business owner, like I mentioned, especially a designer, um, you know, it's hard to justify what you do sometimes with easy access to Canva and, you know, Squarespace templates and things like that. So mm -hmm. you really kind of um, devalue your self-worth sometimes to in order to match other people's budgets, but even though it's kind of like an unlivable wage, like I said earlier. So definitely knowing your self-worth, knowing um, you know, that you are worth it to be priced high ticket. Um, and you're gonna do a good job out of it. Um, so I think that is one piece of advice I would give to my younger self. And then in terms of being kinder to myself, I can be really hard on myself sometimes when you know, I have these ideas and I get into that creative box that we mentioned and you get frustrated and I get frustrated about it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm a little bit of a perfectionist sometimes as well. So I put a like, and I'm very passionate in what I do. I love what I do and I love helping other people kind of get that, you know, um, that online um, aesthetics with their branding and things like that. So um, I'm very passionate about it, but sometimes it can take a toll on my personal well being when it doesn't go my way um, right. or there's something that happens. And I kind of, I'm very hard on myself when it comes to things like that. So just being kind to myself. Um, and as well, I kind of worked on that by, um, there's this amazing nonprofit that I work for called artists for mental health. And they did these like self-compassion series that mm -hmm. I took a part in. And I felt that that really helped me because, you know, there are a lot of times we're always thinking about like, 
the next um, project that you're working on, but you don't really take time to kind of do self-care, really take time to kind of appreciate yourself. Um, And, you know, you don't really notice all of these big, you know, things that you've worked on because you're worried about the next thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So really just taking time to be kinder to myself and appreciating what I've done so far and, you know, not be super stressed out and have an anxiety when nothing goes my way. (laughs) So yeah. No, that's wonderful. That's very good pieces of advice that I'm sure the listeners can relate to. Um, And definitely, again, something that uh, many other creators and creatives and entrepreneurs struggle with, right? And understanding your self-worth and slowing down when you need to slow down and kind of... uh, looking at the at the wins and everything that you've accomplished within your career and your journey, right, is also important. So because we're always chasing that next step, right, you're always kind of wanting to climb the ladder, but it's, uh, Mm -hmm. it's also important to look down and see how far you've come. So great, very great advice, for sure. Um, Where can people find you? Where can people find your work? If they want to connect Mm -hmm. with you? How can they do that? Um, Please, this is your 30 (laughs) seconds of plugs go. (laughs) So you can find me on Instagram, Ali Creative Co. Um, I also have a website, AliCreativeCo.com, which is currently under construction, but I am in the middle of kind of revamping things and hopefully they'll be done by the end of the month. Um, I do have a personal kind of portfolio site. So if anybody who is a little bit more into kind of corporate, um, that's where I toss in a lot of my corporate work. So that's alinaalfiera.com. Um, I can share that with you later as well if you want to, but it might be useful for some people who are in college and post-secondary. So yeah. for sure. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll make sure to have all the links again in the podcast description. And if you're watching on YouTube, it'll be mm-hmm. in the description down below. Um, thank you again, I really do appreciate it. Uh, it's been an absolute blast having you here chatting yeah. a little bit more um, about design work, TikTok, social yeah. media, <laughs> entrepreneurship, all the wonderful things that we discuss on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been wonderful. So thank you again. And thank you to all of our listeners as well for tuning in. This was once again, episode number 55 for Beneath Vancouver Radio. Oh, <laughs> we're almost Yeah, we're almost at, uh, we're almost at 60. Yeah. Um, I think by the time you're listening to this, there'll probably be already a couple in the pipeline. So make sure to stay on the lookout for that. And if you haven't already and you're watching on YouTube, I'd greatly appreciate if you hit that like and subscribe button and comment down below um, if you um, if you enjoyed the episode or if you have any recommendations for a local, um, local creative entrepreneur business owner here in Vancouver, because that's what we do. So once again, my name is Aaron and thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Bye, thank you. Bye. (laughs)